The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to the crowds, This is how it is with the kingdom of God. It is as if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day. And through it all the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord the land yields fruit. First the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. He said, To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed that when it is sown in the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants, and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables, he did not speak to them. But to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. The Gospel of the Lord. Cedars, palm trees, a sprout, a mustard seed, all this plant imagery is used throughout all of our readings today to explain the kingdom of God. But before we can actually delve into the significance of this imagery that Jesus uses, that are used in our scriptures, what is the kingdom of God? And I would venture to say that if I asked most of you, if I had you raise your hands, which don't worry, I won't quiz you, most of you would probably say, well, Father, um, the kingdom of God is heaven. And you'd be correct. But if we delve into our readings today, we can see uh, an explanation for the two other ways that theologians say Christ spoke of the kingdom of God. In our first reading today from the prophet Ezekiel, he speaks of a, a small sprout that would be taken from the top of a cedar tree, be taken from the crown, would be planted, and great things would come of it. Well, we know that Christ is the king, the one who is crowned with salvation. So Christ then himself is the kingdom of God. And if we look to our gospel today, that story that most, if not all of us, are well familiar with, the story of the mustard seed, we see that it's meant to be a refuge for all the nations, a place where all can find rest in its branches. And so when we look at it from that regard, then we can understand the kingdom of God in its third context to be the church, a place where all people can come together to find refuge, a place where all can find rest, where we can worship together as a community, as a kingdom, where we can be the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God made present on earth is in the church. And so I think it's important for us to acknowledge then that the church is made of individual members. In our psalm today, which we just heard sung, David says, the just one shall flourish like the palm tree. The just one. In other words, all of us could be this oasis. The just one will flourish like the palm tree, like a cedar of Lebanon shall he grow. Planted in the house of the Lord, he shall flourish in the courts of the house of our God. And so we know then, each and every one of us, that as disciples, as followers of Christ, that the kingdom of God is present in each and every one of us. Okay, great, Father, we get it, right? All of us understand, well, it's a, a cute saying, 
that the kingdom of God is present in all of us. We know it up here, but have we experienced it? Do we live that reality experientially from the heart? And so, to think about this a little more, I take us back to that garden imagery. I would call myself a novice gardener, and this year I learned some really important lessons. I was going into a store, and a peach rosebush caught my attention, so their marketing worked, and I bought it. And I brought it home, and I, I knew that eventually I'd have to plant it, but I wanted to enjoy the flowers, so I left it on the back deck just for a week or so. And after a few days after I had it, I noticed that the flowers were beginning to wilt. And so naturally, I thought, well, you need to water it. So I go over, and I water it. And I've watered it more than just that one occasion, but a few days after that, I started noticing some yellow leaves. I was like, well, boy, we've had such an unusual kind of spring. It's rained so much. I went to look at it, and it was damp, and I thought, well, it's already where it needs to be. Maybe it's overwatered. A few days later, it began deteriorating, so I finally thought, well, maybe it's the roots. I need to just get it in the ground. So as I pulled it out of the container, damp on top, the dirt underneath just fell out because of how dry it actually was. I was deceived by the appearance. And if we take this same mentality to the spiritual life, to live our spiritual life from a framework of appearances, then we find that we live not in love, but we live in vanity. If we live from appearances in our spiritual life, then we'll acknowledge that we too will begin to not only wilt, but we will begin to die. It's important for us to acknowledge that the Lord is calling us deeper. Because if we live our spiritual life from a checklist, or from what other people can see of our life, that we're here in attendance, etc., etc., there's something missing much deeper. The Lord is requiring us, or asking us, or rather inviting us to go deeper, to look under the surface, to delve into our hearts, and to acknowledge those things, those imperfections, or those things that oftentimes we really don't want anyone else to see. Because once we do this, then the Lord can actually begin to nurture us. And it's important for us, much like it is with gardening or plants in the church, it's important for us to develop a sense of routine so that regardless of how we feel, or regardless of how it appears, we're opening ourselves up to be constantly nurtured by Christ. And so the first step for us then is the sacraments. Because in the sacrament of confession, we acknowledge those inadequacies. In other words, it allows the Lord to balance the soil of our life so that He can take root in His mercy and in His love. And when we come to receive Him in the Eucharist, then we receive the sap, so to speak, of His divine love for us. And when we place ourselves in front of Him in prayer, here in the church or in front of Eucharistic adoration, when we invite others to that opportunity, then we see that the life that we've been given is not just for ourselves, but it's an invitation for others. That's how we begin, my brothers and sisters, to walk not by sight, but by faith, as Paul says. And while that sounds easy, we know that it's difficult to actually do. Which takes me then to the second lesson that I learned. That rosebush was not the only plant that I had bought. I had several others. And so as I went to pot them, I looked at their requirements. I tried to own to it. I, I put them in a place where I thought that they would look good. And I planted them. And lo and behold, within a short matter of time, I quickly discovered in one of those pots, I did not give it enough room at all. One of the plants, the, the leaves themselves were healthy, but the flowers quickly wilted away. 
Do we do that same thing in our own spiritual life? Do we anticipate room to grow? Or do we put the Lord in a box? Do we put Him in a little corner? Because when we open ourselves up to anticipate how the Lord desires to grow, then our lives can expand. And let's not forget the kingdom of God as the church. If we don't become missionary disciples, then we risk stunting the growth of the church. We are called to invite others into this beautiful encounter, into an opportunity of new life, into an opportunity to, to bear fruit. And so I ask then, and myself included, are we inviting the Lord to grow within our hearts? I've noticed even as a priest at times that my holy hour each day, I can relegate it to 60 minutes. And it quickly becomes a, a thing where I, I'm putting it as a checklist. And I don't open myself up to a relationship. Imagine that if we were out on a date, but we had a time limit. But I do that sometimes with the Lord. I put Him on the clock. I've witnessed, too, throughout my early priesthood and throughout even my life, too, do we do such practical things as putting the Lord in certain checkboxes? Do we send our kids to Catholic schools or to the PSR program and say we've done well? Or do we live what they're being taught at home? That's where we don't just put our faith in a corner for our children, but we actually show them that the seeds of truth that have been planted within their hearts are bearing fruit within their own home. My brothers and sisters, we can't just relegate the Lord to a Dixie cup because the Lord desires so much more. If you're sitting in those pews today and you identify it with your faith more in terms of that little sprout or that little sprig from our first reading today, the, in, the, limit, or the, the possibilities are endless. Prepare room for the Lord. Allow Him to take root in your life. And through the sacraments, through your prayer, a vulnerable sharing of your life, through living out the moral life of the church, and through inviting others into it, you will see that the Lord desires so much more for each and every one of us and for His church. That is how the kingdom of God will become a beautiful garden not just in heaven, not just in the person of Jesus Christ, but through us in the church. This is the beauty of our faith. This is what the Lord is inviting you to. Don't worry about how it will happen. Just be open to the Holy Spirit. Because if you are, you will see that not only will your life begin to flower, but your life will begin to bear fruit in the lives of your children, and the lives of the St. Jude community, and the life of the church, and in the life of the world so that all may rest and see the beauty of a life in the kingdom of God.